0: Well, we are in uh, Leviticus chapter 2, and uh, we've been talking about the offerings. Uh, we've been talking about uh, just offerings that, uh, that the Lord was asking His people to give to Him. And uh, we think, when we think about these offerings, we may say to ourselves, you know, what do they have to do with us? And in reality, they have much to do with us. In reality, they speak to us about what we are to do. And we do know one thing, that uh, even though we don't practice offerings today, where we don't practice sacrifices today, we do know that uh, the Lord desires that we would offer ourselves to Him, that we would offer ourselves completely and holy, and that we would give ourselves over to Him. We also know that uh, it is God's desire that we would imitate Him. It is God's desire that we would be like Him. And as He was the perfect sacrifice, that we would also yearn to be sacrifices, offerings that are acceptable to Him. Last week, we did talk about total consecration. Last week, we talked about complete surrender, how the Lord would want us to be living sacrifices for Him. And today, we're going to talk about a new offering. We're going to talk about a meal offering. We're going to talk about a grain offering. And this grain offering that we're going to be talking about is is a, a sacrifice that the Lord would want from us, and uh, as we talked about the burnt offering last week, we talked about how you know we are to identify ourselves with that offering, with the burnt offering, and we do know that we identify ourselves as we lay our hands on that offering, and this meal offering that we're going to talk about now, it actually goes together with the burnt offering. They were done simultaneously. They were done together. And with that, let us begin to read in verse 1 of of Leviticus chapter 2. It says, When anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. You know, we're talking about, as I mentioned, the grain offering. It's mentioned there in verse 1. And as I mentioned earlier that you know, we have the burnt offering, and now we're going to talk about the grain offering. And I want to talk about this. I want us to have an understanding of, 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 of grain and, and uh, as he says, the fine flour that we're supposed to offer, and we're supposed to offer it with oil and frankincense. But as we talk about the grain offering, you know, I looked this up on the internet, and I thought to myself, you know what? how how can I plant grain? How is it that I can, you know, harvest this grain? And, and you know, as we're talking about this, I, I looked it up on the internet and it gave you step by steps. If any of you want to plant grain and, and bake your own bread, you can do this in your backyard. And it's not very difficult because as the instructions were given, you know, we're supposed to till the land, right? You're, one is to prepare the land, prepare the soil for the seed. And when you prepare the soil for the seed, you plant the seeds there. And then you harvest the seed. And then you thresh and you grind the, the, the seeds into, into flour. And that is how you do it. And it's very simple. And, you know, as I think about this, as I have shown you how to, how to harvest, The grain and, you know, to prepare the bread and to bake bread. Let's talk about the oil. You know, the oil. How is it that the Israelites got oil? See, because let me share something with you. When it came to the grain, you know, the Israelites had to plant all of this. They had to harvest the land. They had to get the grain because the grain wasn't just there. Remember, they were in the wilderness, right? And they had to harvest it. And they had to plant it. And the same thing with the oil. How is it that they got oil? You know, it wasn't that they had oil. You know, oil that just came out of the ground, right? We're talking about oil. Oil that comes from olive trees. So the same thing with oil. They had to do what? They had to plant the, uh, they had to plant the trees and to get olives from the olive tree. And when they would press the olives, they would have oil. And the frankincense. It's the same thing. When I talk about frankincense, how is it that they, that they were able to get frankincense? You know, frankincense comes from the resin that comes from a particular tree. And what they would do is they would get that resin and that they would harden the resin. And then they would grind that hardened resin into powder. And frankincense burned easily. The powder would would burn very easily. But God asked, or the Lord asked him, that they would put the frankincense with the grain offering. And so when we think about this, you know, what does all of this symbolize? As we talk about it, what does the grain offering, the meal offering symbolize? I've been talking about labor here, right? I've been talking about how they had to prepare all of this See, that's exactly what it points to. It points to our service to the Lord. It points to us being servants to Him. Offering our labor. Our labor of love to the Lord. Our service to the Lord. Not because we're forced to do it, but because we want to do it. See, they planted all of this, right? And they they gave it all to the Lord. And as they... You know, as they gave the burnt offering, remember the burnt offering when they took the animal, it was a whole animal that was placed on the altar. And it identified, they identified themselves with that as they were giving themselves wholly to the Lord. While now it speaks to the Israelites about their service to the Lord. I want us to turn to Joshua, which is just a couple of books over. In Joshua 24, at the end of Joshua's life, you know, towards the end of his life, you know, we are given here just how you know that how they had uh, they had just conquered the land, the land that God had promised them. And so now that they were in the land, you know, Joshua begins to offer them. He gives them a choice. He tells the people, "You know what? I want you all to make a choice." And in verse fourteen, this is where he. Be, this is where we're going to begin to read about this choice that is that is given to. To the people, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt, but serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He goes on to say, So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is He who brought us out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land, who also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. See, this is what today's service or today's message is about. Are you going to serve the Lord? Are you going to offer yourself as a servant to God? You know, we have read right now on the option that was given to the Israelites, right, and the same choice or decision is given to us. You know, are we going to serve our God or are we going to serve other gods, idols of this world? You know, our service unto Him needs to be complete. It can't be partial. See, the Lord wants all of us. He doesn't want a part of us. See, and this world offers you so many things to worship, doesn't it? You know, the things that it throws at us you know, the earthly things, the possessions of this world. And it dangles them before us, right? You know what? Give give all of yourselves to have these things, to serve these things. You know, it's always talking about new things for us to get, right? It doesn't want you to be satisfied or content with what you have. But it offers you so much more to go after. You know, as a world you know, continues to push us to make money and more money, right? It's all about money, right? We can have things if we have money. You know, our, our lives consumed with serving the dollar. You know, there are so many people that give their lives to serve money. They want money and they're not satisfied with what they have. They want more and more and more. Or what about the pleasures of sin? You know how the world dangles that at us, doesn't it? You know, everywhere you drive, you see signs advertising pleasures of sin. You turn on the, news, I mean, the the radio, you turn on the internet, you look at TV. And the things that it offers you, you know, power. You know, how many of you, how many people are driven to become someone to have power over others? You know, this is the world we live in. Are we going to serve these things? Are we going to serve the the desires of our flesh? The lust of the eyes? You know, what are we going to serve? Are we going to be servants of the Most High? Or are we going to serve the things of this world? The people labored here. And God wanted them to understand that, you know what, I want you to serve me. As you're offering the grain to me, I want you to serve me. I want you to offer all of yourselves to be servants of the Most High. Let's talk about today. I want you to have a mindset of where we are as a people. I pray that all of you invited the Lord into your day today. Maybe there's some that didn't. There's some that, you know what, that didn't even think of the Lord today. You know, these are the things that when we begin to meditate or to think about, you know what, who is it that we're serving? You know, if we forget to invite the Lord, that means that, you know what, your minds are where? In other places. They're consumed with other things. But as we invite the Lord into our day. As we surrender ourselves to the Lord, to walk in holiness, in righteousness, in purity. It's so important. You know, God wants our complete service to Him. And what I love about the Lord is He never forces you. God can easily force all of us to yield to Him and to do as He says. But that's not His nature his nature is one to give us the choice to serve Him. And as we look at this, you know, our service unto Him, you know, our, our lives, our lives are to be one that are sold out for His glory, to serve Him wholly. And you know, when we do this, it's a sweet aroma to the Lord. This is what we talk about when we say, you know what? A sweet aroma to Him when we offer ourselves. But let's talk about the oil. You know, as we talked about the offering here, and, and right now we're associating the offering with the grain offering, we're associating it with, with, with the bread, the, just the, the grain, uh, and, uh, and just everything that was going to be given to the Lord here. He said, You know what? I want you guys to anoint it with oil. When you anoint something with oil, what does that symbolize? That you're setting it apart for the Lord, right? That's what it says. That's what it's trying to tell us. You know what? When you anoint something with oil, you know what? You're anointing it for God's purpose. And as they were setting apart this grain to the Lord, they were offering it up to Him. You know, they were anointing it by God, setting it apart for Him. And, you know, when I think about this, I can easily think about our lives, right? Are our lives set apart for the Lord? You know, as the oil is is talked about here, are our lives set apart for the Lord? Are they empowered by God to do His service? You know, as I move on to the frankincense, you know, the frankincense, I want you to know what the Hebrew word for this means. It means white. The Hebrew word for frankincense means white. And what does white symbolize? It talks about your right purity, holiness. It talks about righteousness. And as we think about this, right, what is God asking of us? To be holy, for He is holy, right? Right? To be righteous in Him. You know, we are to walk in purity. We are to walk in holiness. If we have chosen to serve God, then we should also walk this way, right? We are to walk in holiness for He is holy. So as we think about these two things, right? As the oil was placed upon the grain and the frankincense was also put in it. It symbolizes our service as servants, that we must also be holy and righteous, and that we must be empowered and anointed by the Spirit of God. As servants, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to walk in this manner. And verse 2 goes on to say, He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, one of whom shall take it, from one of whom shall take from it his handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense and the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar an offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord do you remember last week when we talked about the burnt offering do you remember who was the one that killed the offering it was a worshiper the one that took it right The same thing here, who brings the grain offering to the priest? It is the worshiper, the person that wants to get right with the Lord. And we know that part of it was given and put on the altar. And that was a memorial to the Lord, as it says there, a sweet aroma to the Lord. You know, as we think about these things, right? As we think about, you know, last week. We talked about the beef, right? And the lamb that was put on the altar. When we talk about barbecued beef and barbecued lamb, you know, that smells good, doesn't it? Well, today, you know what we're going to be talking about? We're talking about baking bread. We're talking about giving bread to the Lord. Have you ever smelled bread that is baking? Isn't it good? You know, isn't it awesome? I mean, I love to smell. Even when we make cake at home, it's like, man, that thing smells good. It reminds me, you know, when I was a kid, and at this time, it was okay for us. You know, I was, I was in grammar school. I must have been like a sixth grader, seventh grader. And I used to catch the bus from Montebello, East LA area. They're off uh, close to uh, uh, Garfield and, uh, and Whittier Boulevard. And I used to walk to the bus stop, and I used to catch the bus, and it would go to East LA, which is right there by Soto and Whittier. And there used to be this bakery there. And every day when I used to pass by that bakery, I was like, man, it smells good. And it wasn't just the smell, because when I would pass by the bakeries, guess what they would do? They put about 50 breads out there, you know, about 12 by 12, the big ones, the flat ones there. And... And they'd be out there, and I'd just be like, you know, I'm a kid, and I'm unsaved at this time, right? So you know what's going through my mind? I'm going to take one of those. And every time I'd walk by, right, I'd look inside to make sure that the manager or one of the cooks wasn't looking. You know, I'm a little kid, right, a little mocoso, and I figured if they catch me, man, I'm in trouble. And so when I'd pass by, I'd always see it, and I'd always be tempted to take it. And then one, one day I finally got the nerve and I didn't see them out there. And I actually went and I got it and I, and I ran up to it and I grabbed one and I just took off. And I remember eating it. It was soft, it was delicious. I mean, smelling this every day, right? I had to finally have some. See, this is exactly what they were offering to the Lord. You know, they were giving up this grain, this bread to the Lord. And as we keep reading, it says there, you know, that not the the aroma was, was sweet to the Lord, but it was what it symbolized. The complete service to the Lord. The fact that we were servants and we were offering ourselves to Him. In verse 3, it goes on to say, The rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. So what we have here is we have the fact that Part of it was given, right, to the priest to offer as a sweet aroma to the Lord, but then they also gave some. I'm sorry, part of it was offered to God, to the Lord, and then part of it was given to the priest. And the priest, imagine that. Oh, man, they must have loved this time, right? As they got the bread and they were able to partake of it, you know, as they were the laborers worthy of his wages, as these people were supporting those that were serving the Lord full-time and assisting others in worshiping God. And let's keep reading. And I'm going to read a few verses here. It says, And if you bring as an offering, a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened, mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, it shall be made of fine flour, flour with oil. You shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Then the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion, and burn it on the altar. It is an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. And what is left of the grain offering shall be Aaron and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. So we have here, and you're probably wondering, man, I'm confused. There's all these offerings. See, they were all different offerings. They were presented in five different forms A way. You would like to present it. He says not everything had to be on the altar. But you could bring the, 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 uh, the offering in different forms. The first one we mentioned right now was fine flour. That was the first type of offering. And then the second type of grain offering that you could bring to the Lord, the meal offering, was oven-baked cakes. That's what it mentioned there in verse 4. They are oven-baked cakes. And that's what you bring to the Lord. Or in verse 5, it talked about pan-baked cakes. You know, these people must have been some pretty good cooks. You know, and they had the, all the utensils to bake and to cook. That's in verse 5. And then the fifth way of presenting these cakes was in verse 7. Grilled or fried cakes. That's what they did. And then there was a fifth one, because I've only given you four, and I want to read this. This is in verse 14. It says, if you offer a grain offering of your first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer the grain offering of your first fruits, green heads of grain, roasted on the fire, grain beaten from full heads. And you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering. Then the priest shall burn the memorial portion, part of its Beaten grain and part of its oil, and all the frankincense as an offering made by fire to the Lord. So the fifth type of offering you can give him was crushed, roasted heads of grain, and that's what we read here. So the first and the last are flour and heads of grain, but the other ones, the middle ones, verse five, seven, uh, for verse four, five, and seven were actually cakes, and these remem- uh, resemble. Our modern day pie crust, you know the way pie crust is, or pizza dough, you know the way they make pizza, that's what it was, that's the way they gave it to the Lord. So imagine, I mean, you know, and for me that loves bread, I mean this is just, you know what, the Lord as he receives this meal offering, you know what, this was well pleasing to him. Not the fact that they gave him the bread, but the fact of what it symbolized, complete servitude to the Lord being complete servants. And as we see, you know, they gave it to the priest and a portion on the altar, and some of it was given to, to, the, uh, to, the, to the Lord and the other to the priest. But we skipped over verses 11 through 13, and this is where we're going to spend the reminder of our day, of, 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 of this evening. And the reason I say this, because see, when it comes to serving the Lord, He desires that we would do it in a certain manner. And this is what we're going to talk about in verse 11. It says, No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall burn no leaven, nor any honey, in any offering to the Lord made by fire. Again, we're talking about service, right? We're talking about serving the Lord. We're talking about being servants. When we look at this, You know, we think to ourselves, you know what? Do I serve the Lord in a manner that brings Him honor? Do you serve the Lord in a manner that brings Him honor? And I'm talking about in all that you do. I'm not just talking about here at church, because it's so easy to serve the Lord with honor at church, isn't it? You know what? We're at our Thursday best today, right? Or We're at our Sunday best. And it becomes easy to serve the Lord with honor. But do we serve the Lord with honor at our homes? You know, where nobody is looking. You know, are you a man or a woman of integrity at home? You know, the roles that God has given you, do you honor God in these roles? As a father, as a son. As a brother, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, as children. Do we honor the Lord in a manner that brings Him, that brings Him honor, that brings Him glory and praise? You know, this is what God wants from us, right? We're talking about serving Him. Do we bring honor to His name? You know, what about in our jobs? For those of us that are working? You know, do we do things with integrity? Do we behave righteously? Do we do things, you know, in truth? Do we speak truth at our jobs? You know, for those of you that are managers, do you manage your people the way that brings glory and honor to the Lord? You know, there are many that aren't working today, right? How are you honoring the Lord at your homes You know my, I have an aunt that has moved in with her, one of her her sons, and she went to her son, and she told her son, you know what, your wife, and these are non-believers, okay, all day she's behind the computer, and when you come is when she behaves appropriately where she begins to work and do things. But when you're not here, she does none of that. My aunt is, first of all, meddling. She shouldn't be doing that. But the principle of all of this is the same for us. Do we even set a time time for God while we're home? Or are we too busy, where we're just watching TV all day, watching soap operas, watching the court cases, people's court? You know, are we just watching all of these TV programs, you know, wasting our time? Or do we glorify God, you know, setting time apart for Him, reading the Word, praying, Bringing honor to His name. You know, it's important that that when we do things at home, you know, that we would bring Him honor. You know, if we call ourselves servants, this is what the Lord is reminding us of today. You know, He says, you know what? Don't come. Don't come. Don't put any any leaven in the grain. What was he trying to say? You know what? Don't, let, don't allow sin to be in your life while you're serving me. You know, leaven is a symbol of sin. You know, ask servants, are you walking in sin? You know, this isn't what God wants from us, right? Right? For us, we're saying, you know what? We want to offer you. We want to be your servant. But yet, we're still serving our sin. We're still held captive to that sin. You know, that isn't pleasing to the Lord. And that's why the Lord is saying, you know what? Never put any leaven in offerings made to me. For us as a people of God. What sin do we have in our lives? You know, what sin are we living out? What sin do we continue to do? You know, are we held captive to things? You know, we aren't going to be sweet-smelling aromas to the Lord that way, right? Because when we offer ourselves, He's expecting us. To be holy, right? To be set apart for Him. That's what we talked about with the oil, right? And with the frankincense, to be holy and righteous and pure. But yet when we mix it with leaven, when we mix it with sin, does that glorify God? See, this is something the Lord wants to talk to each and every one of us about. You know, if we call ourselves servants of the Most High, if we are calling... Jesus our lord our master then we are to be doing as his word says sin should not be reigning in our lives god wants obedience see what he told to saul what we mentioned i mean to samuel what we mentioned last week he told them you know what obedience is greater than sacrifice right you know what, people think that just by coming to church and, and, and maybe serving Him at church, that, you know what, that that's what's good enough. But yet their lives don't reflect obedience to Him. Even when it comes to our families. You know, allowing our families to be led astray. To allow our children to walk in disobedience. Is this what we're allowing in our homes? You know, are we true servants of the Most High? The Lord says, "You know what? I don't want sacrifices. I want obedience." That's what he told. That's what he told uh, uh, King Saul. You know, he told this to King Saul. He says, "You know what? I don't want your sacrifices. I want your obedience." See, this is what God is asking from us as servants. You know, He says, Don't allow your lives to be filled with sin and call yourselves servants of, of the Most High. God wants us to be completely sold out for Him, serving Him with pure hearts, serving Him in holiness and righteousness. The other thing that He said, You know what? I don't want you to put any honey. Why wouldn't he want honey in the grain offering? Let's talk about this. Why wouldn't the Lord want honey in a grain offering? You know what honey symbolizes or what honey is? See, honey is the sweetest thing that nature produces. And if it's the sweetest thing that nature produces, that's coming from the world. Think about that. And the Lord says, you know what? I don't want anything of the world sweetening an offering given to me. See, because when it comes to the Lord, He doesn't need the world to sweeten it. And he doesn't want the world. And he wants it to be free from the world. And he wants it to be free from sin. See, when we talk about honey, it comes from the world. And he doesn't want any offering to be filled with the world or to be filled with sin. You know, it was the same thing that Joshua gave to the people, right? Joshua told the Israelites, he says, you know what? Choose today who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve these gods and the things that they promote and do? Or are you going to serve me? You know what? That's the same thing for us today. You know, what kind of servants are we? Are we filled with the world? And are we filled with sin? Or are we set apart for Him? Anointed by the Spirit of God, walking in righteousness and holiness. As much as is required of us. He goes on to say in verse 12, he says, As for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord, but they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offering, you shall offer salt. He was saying, you know what? I want every grain offering to be seasoned with salt. I want to talk about salt. See, because salt, as he says there, the salt of the covenant. There was a salt covenant that was practiced at one time. And the salt covenant was practiced in Arab countries. And what they would do is whenever anyone made an agreement, you know what they would do? They would take salt out of their pouch and they would put the salt in the pouch of the other one that they are uh, uh, making uh, a promise to. And so... Today, many people give gifts of salt. I don't know if you've ever seen that. When a husband and a wife come together, but they'll give them like pouches of salt. And what this salt covenant symbolized, it was an eternal covenant. See, because you couldn't break it. Once you put your grains of salt into the pouch of the other, the only way that you could break the covenant is if you were to pull back the grains of salt. Let me ask you this. Who can pull back the grains of salt that you gave to another? You can never do that. So, what this symbolized was an eternal covenant, an agreement that could not be broken. And that is where the salt covenant comes in. This is why the Lord was saying, I want you to season it with salt. Because once you season it with salt, you can't break that covenant, or you shouldn't break that covenant. Unfortunately, we as people, what do we do? We break these covenants, don't we? See, this salt symbolized an eternal covenant. See, the grain offering that was given, it was an eternal covenant to commit yourself as a servant of God, that you would serve in righteousness, in holiness, that you would serve in purity. And that you would allow the Spirit of God to empower you to be set apart for the Lord, for His service. See, now when I talk about the Lord, last week when I talked about the burnt offering, I want to share this with you. It pointed to the Lord, right? He was what? He he offered Himself completely to us, right? He was that sacrifice, That was given to you and to me. When I talk about here, this offering. See, the Lord is a perfect grain offering. And why I say this? Because He is what? The bread of life. See, the Lord is a bread of life who nourishes us, right? Who fills us, who satisfies our hunger. He serves our need. And the bread of life gave Himself for us. And when I talk about the oil, see, there's much that it points to. The oil that was put in the grain offering, who gave us the Spirit of God? The Lord gave it to us, right? See, it points to the Spirit of God that empowers us, that gives us the power to serve Him, in a manner that is pleasing to God. And not only that, the Holy Spirit gives us what? He gives us gifts to be used in the body to make it complete. And then we talk about the frankincense. When we, it, as it points to the Lord. It points to what? To His pureness, to His holiness, to His righteousness. Righteousness. And as he said, you know what, don't put no leaven. Don't put no, uh, no honey in it. It points again to saying, you know what, I don't want any sin. The Lord was not, did not have any sin in him. And we know one thing, that the Lord was not a part of this world, but he is divine. He was outside of this world. And then salt. The Lord works. Just like salt, the Lord seasons us, right, with His goodness. He seasons us with all that He is, and He preserves us, doesn't He? And He uses us, uses us to preserve goodness in this world. He uses us to season this world with goodness, with righteousness, with His holiness. Did you know what else salt does? Did you know that when you put salt on ice, it melts it? Try that. Try putting salt in ice and it melts it. You know, when I think about that, right? When you think about us, our hardened hearts, as it is seasoned with salt, it melts them, right? And it molds them and shapes them into His image. And when you think about salt, what happens when you put salt in liquid? It dissolves, right? See, the Lord dissolves the issues that we have in our lives, the sin that is in our lives, as we continue to walk in that. You know, it is God that cleanses us and purifies us. And makes us into brand new creations. Today, I went to a chiropractor, and he says, "You know what?" Because I had this shirt on, right? He says, "Tell me what's Second Corinthians five seventeen. What is that scripture? What does it say?" It says that we're new creations. See, when we come to Christ, we we become brand new. See, the life that we were before was that. That uh, ugly, uh, what is it? What is it before it becomes a a butterfly? A caterpillar. The caterpillar, that's right. Eh? I lost that. See, we were that caterpillar, right? It's ugly. You guys seen caterpillars? Every time a, a child sees a caterpillar, the first thing they go is, oh, look at that. Not-, not many people think they're pretty. Jeannie thinks it's, it's pretty. But when I see caterpillars, I see the same thing. I see, ugh. But you know what? As they make the cocoon, right? As they build it. And when the butterfly comes out, it's that new creation. It's been transformed. And that's the same thing with us. You know, we're new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things become brand new. We now walk in the newness of life. We shouldn't have any leaven or we shouldn't have any honey in our walk anymore. But we should be what? New creations, empowered and set apart by Him. Walking in holiness and righteousness. See, this is what we're talking about today, the grain offering. This is what it symbolized as servants of God. Are we walking in this manner? Or do we continue to walk? The way we used to. Allowing that old man to have life again in us. See, that old man has died. When you said yes to Christ, the old man died. But do you allow that man to take control again? As we know that there's a battle within us between the spirit and the flesh. They're at war with one another. They want to take supremacy One of them wants to reign in your life. Did you know that one will reign? Whether it be the flesh or the spirit, one of them will reign. Who do you allow to reign in your life? Which one are you feeding? Are you fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life? Or are you yielding to the spirit and allowing the spirit to have reign in you? See, it is God's desire that we would be that grain offering that imitates Him. Walking, being contagious, where other Christians see us and they say, you know what? I want what they have. I see them. I see that they're different. I want that. I want what they have. And I want to walk like they walk. See, we know, all know when you see Christians that are on fire, you know who they are and you want what they have. See, these Christians are yielded to the Lord. That's where God wants us to be. And I pray that all of us are those Christians, that all of us at home, at our jobs, are on fire the way we're on fire here that there would be no difference, that no one can can see a difference in us. See, this is what is well-pleasing to the Lord. This is what the Lord says, that is a sweet aroma to me. It's not the bread that smells good. It's our lives that please Him, that are sweet-smelling to Him. And that's what He wants from us. And with that, we're going to close. We're going to close Leviticus chapter 2. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for just your message today, Lord. Lord, we know that it is your desire, Lord, that we would be an offering that is well-pleasing to you, Lord. That our service unto you, Lord Jesus, would glorify you, Lord. That it would bring honor to your name. That we would live holy lives, righteous lives. Lord, I know it is not your desire, Lord, that we would be a people that are walking in sin or walking according to the ways of this world, sweetened with the things of this world, Lord, because ultimately, Lord, that will all perish. Lord, help us to be a people that are completely sold out for you, passionate about you, set apart for you, empowered by your spirit, being contagious Christians. Christians that are leading others to you, Lord. Christians that are transparent, Lord. Christians that people see you. Lord, that is our desire that we would be like you. That is our high calling, Lord. To be imitators of you. If there are any here... As we offered last week. If there are any here that want to be a sweet aroma to the Lord and not a bad odor. If there are any here that want to do that, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Any that want to be a grain offering to the Lord. Amen. 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 Anyone else before we close? Amen. Lord, you see these hands that went up. Lord, they want to be a sweet aroma to you, Lord. Empowered by you. Set apart for you. Not walking in sin or in the ways of this world, Lord. Being contagious, Lord. Being passionate about you, Lord. Lord, they want to be the salt and the light of this world, Lord. Lord, they are offering themselves, Lord. Setting themselves apart as servants of the Most High. Serving you, Lord, giving you their salt, Lord, and putting it into your pouch, Lord. Making that salt covenant, Lord. Lord, help them, Lord. For we know that in themselves, in their flesh, they can't do it. But we know, Lord Jesus, that in you we can do all things. Empower them, Lord. May they walk, Lord Jesus in a manner that is worthy of the calling upon their lives, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your message, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, Lord, as we've been going through these offerings, Lord, and the high calling that you have upon our lives, Lord. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.